This is The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Greetings and hello. Welcome to another episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, the show where we get together with our friends and have really deep and fun conversations about all things sci-fi. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's a classic movie, Ghostbusters, and hopefully Ghostbusters 2. Now, I know it's not actually sci-fi, but I think because of the science in it and some of the technology that they use makes it sci-fi-ish. So I thought, you know what? Why not talk about it? And joining me today are my usual fantastic co-hosts, Adina Mignona. Hello. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters or sorry, I, I, I wanted to be the first person to say that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. And Brian Donahue. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, oh, everybody? Yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> and of course, Steve Merkin. I'm going to say one of my favorite lines from Ghostbusters. Do, Ray, Egon. And then the wink. Yep. I love that. I can't do the wink because I can't wink, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, facts about Chris Fox right here on the. I can't wink. Podcast. I can blink. No problem. You ask me to blink, okay. I can you do blink. it. You can blink. I can't wink. <laughs> but so I wanted to go around and hmm. just get everyone's overall thoughts on Ghostbusters. I'll start. I saw it when it first came out in the theater. So I saw it when it was first run in 1983, and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. I thought it was delightful. Um, you've asked the question, is it scary? The question is no. It was just, it was hilarious. And might I say, some of great music in that film and great songs that were written by one band that I truly love, the um, Bus Boys. And that's where one of the songs appeared. And so I've always enjoyed it. I've always loved it, and it was fun watching it again. Let's put it that way. Well, cool. So Adina? No, I can go next. Okay. So, yeah. Sim well, similar to Steve, I remember watching it when it came out in the theater, although I was a little bit younger. I was, I think, probably nine when it came out. So I was a kid. I remember it not being scary. I remember it being fun. And I remember being gaga over the theme song and a couple of the characters and just I, I remember it being part of the pop culture at the time like everyone knew it everyone saw it and and I have this memory also because that was the days that we would have sleepovers with my friends and where you would go to the video store and you'd rent two or three movies and the idea of the sleepover the whole purpose was to just watch a couple of videotapes <laughs> at night and mm -hmm. possibly sometimes watch them like multiple times. And I feel like for a while, for like a good year or two or three, Ghostbusters was part of that, like like a regular rotation in like rewatching. 
So, mm. so, so I, have, I have positive memories from childhood mm-hmm. surrounding Ghostbusters. Uh, rewatching it's a little harder. And and honestly, I didn't to prepare for this. I didn't rewatch the first one because I felt like I kind of knew it, know it pretty well. But I did rewatch the second one. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and by the way, when I say rewatch, I couldn't completely remember if I'd ever seen the second one fully through. Ah, interesting. So maybe it wasn't a rewatch. I don't know. But that one didn't hold up as well. Interesting. Okay. 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 I think that's what the consensus, generally speaking, is that first one is a classic. Everybody loves it. The second one, not so popular. Mm. Okay. I will disagree with you on that. I I mean, I love the second one. I will defend uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I love it. I I love it. Okay. And I've got I've got both on DVD, uh, DVD, not Blu-ray, but DVD. And I watched both of them again, and I just remembered there were so many good points in the second one that makes it so well especially I'm looking forward to hearing those good points because i'm not oh. sure i can pick one word janosh okay. i love janosh he's hysterical but okay. the thing is about janosh is i can't it's funny because now you can't imitate his accent because it's a really racist accent <laughs> of whatever he's trying to be but it's so funny I love it, but I, but that, Brian, you got to share your thoughts. So you, you warned us ahead of time I, that we might not uh, listen. Be I was, with your I thoughts. was not a Ghostbusters. I did never watch Ghostbusters until recently. Okay, and uh, I'm glad I didn't until recently. Uh, and and I'm and I'm and I need to explain this a little bit because I don't want to be overly harsh. Okay, just right. for the sake of being entertaining on a podcast okay ghosts aren't my thing movies about ghosts aren't my thing i tend to just i don't care no not gonna do that so that's one part of it okay it's just a personal thing um i just i I don't even i don't like zombies like the only zombie movie i've ever really enjoyed or cared to watch was world war z uh with brad pitt Mm -hmm. um i really enjoyed that one i thought that was thoughtful and provocative Uh, That being said, I understand the nostalgia with the first Ghostbusters movie for sure. One of the greatest themes of all time as far Mm -hmm. as popular music, you know, um, of course, you hear that song and people still go gaga over it. They still love it. I mean, it is it is catchy. It's poppy. It's Mm -hmm. it's how can you not like the song? And of course, the cast is pretty great um hilarious uh i do think the movie is funny um i'm never gonna watch this film again though so that's kind of a scale we have on on how we like films mm-hmm. um when you know would we watch it again and this is when i just i'm not i'm not gonna put it on the level of dare i mention starship troopers or, but i will i will say you know, now I know what it's all about and I'm moving on with my life. Um, but that okay. being said, I told I totally get why this film is considered a classic. It was totally different too. It was very mm-hmm. new, yeah. At totally the time, it was totally different very from anything new. else in its age. So And it was comedy. It was not just a ghost, it was, right. it was yeah. mostly comedy. It was comedy. Yeah. Don't cross the streams. And and that's the thing is and I remember <laughs> as a kid. See, you know, I'm laughing. I mean, I right. we, we I remember yeah. we we used those lines, though you know, those 
they infiltrated pop culture for a long time. And to some degree, they're, you know, I sure. think they're still there. Oh, the toys, the music. I mm-hmm. remember seeing it, even though I never saw it. It was all over television. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the cartoons being out. I didn't watch it, but I remember that, you know, so... I, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, here, here's the truth. This happened um, last year when I was volunteering at Children's Hospital. There was a mom and boy, and the boy was walking around with the goggles that Dan Aykroyd had for night vision goggles. And I said, oh, Ray Stance. He goes, I'm not Ray Stance. I'm Egon. I went, <laughs> whoa, okay. He, knows his cool. stuff. he knew who his characters were. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, when you think of it, watching it for the first time and you're rewatching it the second time, you, you can see that, you know, the budget, you know, what, what they were doing in special effects weren't as up as in Ghostbusters 2. But really, I mean, they've established something that had legs that they were able to make the second film. Hmm. And then the all girls film from the, I think, 2016 and then they've mm-hmm. got another they had the other one come out ghostbusters afterlife with paul rudd and that's actually a very sweet film i want to uh, see yeah, that that, that was, i want to see that I is have, oh yeah i liked it i had issues with it with what they did with egon but i overall enjoyed the movie well they had but, to handle the fact that he passed away as a real person yeah. and they had but the fact that they brought Dan Aykroyd back and they made it a personal story and it was set off in a different thing. I can understand that. You know, they had a lot of, they had a little, lot more money to work with for special effects, but it still had that same feel that when you saw, let's put it this way. When you see echo Ecto one, the car, mm-hmm. it's like watching, seeing the millennium Falcon again. It's yeah, like, it's up there. Yeah. That oh, that's interesting. The car, that is what ghostbusters is. And even the plot points, I'm like, wow, they, there's a lot of good callbacks. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, like, what was really fun? I'll, I'll give you my origin. So I didn't get to see it in theaters because I was not born yet. Not, yeah. But <laughs> I do. This is this is a food story, which is shocking Ooh, okay. for most people. Right. Like, I would never, ever marshmallows were, were marshmallows involved or the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy Pillsbury I, products. I, I really wish they were, but they were not because uh, it was probably at a sleepover. But for whatever reason, we didn't watch it at night. But we woke up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we watched the first one, had waffles, whatever. And then I can't remember who did it, but one of our friends or maybe the parents were like, do you want to watch the second one? And it's like, yeah, Are we we have permission to watch two movies in a row. Let's do it. And then saw the second one, fell in love with it and then watched it on and off. But then I got in around 2005, I got my PlayStation portable PSP, which is PlayStation handheld. And around that time, Sony came out with UMD, the Universal Media Disc. Um, and I bought Ghostbusters 2 on it. And then I just watched it all the time, fell in love with it and uh-huh. just memorized every line. But it was interesting watching it for the rewatch. I was showing it to Dill for the first time mm-hmm. and she liked them both and was like, I can, she was really surprised at how much she liked it, even though it was dated. And there's some things that, she didn't love about the first one, but overall, she's like, "Oh, I can see why this is a this is a classic. I definitely get that vibe." Mm. So, what what about the second one is appealing? Because okay. there are so many things that were not. <laughs> well, okay. So, can I can I answer? Like, Go ahead. Yeah, 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 I love. Go ahead, Christian. You, you like, can I would talk say about it. for me, where the second one falls off is 
closer to the end. I didn't love the Statue of Liberty stuff, but I felt like there's so many great, like I love the courtroom scene and I love this idea that the Ghostbusters oh, save the world from this unimaginable evil. And then they end up getting sued by, what is it? They get sued by every uh, city, county agency in New York. And I think that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm surprised, like I knew that Dill would like this line, but she just like, if I just mention I turn into a dog, she just burst out laughing. Like Lewis's delivery of, uh, but one time I turned into a dog and they helped me. Thank you. <laughs> and he sits back down. It's great. Um, I love the, uh, even though it's not from the first one, I love the um, two in the bag, ready to go. We be fast and they be they slow. They be slow. That's and good. the music I think is good. I thought mm-hmm. a lot of it was funny. Um, but I can, but I think like where it falls apart is probably the third act. I don't think it's as strong because mm-hmm. it does feel like it's very much the first movie. And then of course, Janos. I think Janos, Janos for me oh. makes the movie. From the moment he shows up. Janos is yeah. fun. But yeah, that was particularly bad. I think I, I got set off on the wrong foot because Bill Murray's character, so Peter Beckman was like three times more annoying in this f- film than he was in film one. Really? And I think that's where it started. Cause in film one, it was cute. He was cute, it, but it was, but in this, he, it just he kept going and going and he wouldn't shut up with the annoyingness, especially talking to um, Dana. Dana Bear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, it was just like, I wanted to slap him. That actually leads into my seventh question, but like we can get into this because yeah. I mean, that was, see, for me, I felt like Bill Murray is, more likable in the second one because he's oh, wow. not constantly hitting on Dana. Well, see, I yeah. felt that's like, the opposite. But he's that's... hitting on Dana from like the first moment he meets her. There's no reason for but him to be doing that. It's... Like the bedroom comment. Yeah, but I think I think like... in the first movie though, it was it was like almost like one hit a scene. Where in the second movie it felt like in a scene he's not letting up. Okay. See, I would say in the apartment scene in the first one, when he's like investigating her apartment, uh-huh. it's just hitting on her, hitting on her, hitting on her. Like, just yeah. give her a break. You know, like, you're talking about the Sigourney Weaver character. Yeah. 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 See, I did well, watch a clip, guys, of the, I guess, of the second movie. I was trying to find clips of the second mm-hmm. movie. And uh, <clears throat> there was, it, I think it's the climactic scene at the end. Um, I felt like Bill Murray's character needed to be quiet. Like what it seems like, it was just like constant going and going and going. And even just watching that clip, I'm going, Oh, are you talking about like him hitting on Dana? Or do you mean like at the very end when they're like paralyzed and he's like insulting the, yeah, that whole scene, that whole sequence, even, Mm -hmm. even before the bad guy shows up there and paralyzes them. I felt like there was flirting going on as she's holding the baby and whatever. So, you see, that I buy more because they had a relationship, but it's just like when Mm -hmm. he goes into the apartment the first time, I'm like, just like, you don't need to be hitting on her 24 7. For some reason, in the first one, and possibly because he's still a new character and whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, like it, it seemed like it it seemed a little bit more natural. Again, it's still too much. The guy dude Mm -hmm. needs to back off, but it seemed a little bit more natural where I don't know something about in the second movie, it just seemed like now over. It's like they took something that was cute and like ratcheted it up to like an annoying level. And I I think that's where I got started. Like that's what started to put me off on the second movie. What's interesting is that when we watched them, Elaine, my lovely wife, she now 
looking at the way we look at films and the way women are projected in films that in the first film, Sigourney Weaver was just portrayed as almost, I don't know if you use the term, a sex object, or she was, you know, the, the, she was, she was sexy and, uh, the accountant's name, boy, just dropped on my friend. Oh, uh, uh, Lewis Tully. Lewis. Lewis is the idiot. Um, but in the second film, she's nothing like that whatsoever. She's more pro uh, professional. She's more straight. She's a mom now, you know, so they made her a little more, um, grown up well in in the, the, the well there's I, I don't think that's completely fair because the whole sexiness in the first movie came when she was she was possessed and she didn't become possessed in the second movie but i'm just yeah. saying is that w the way that we perceive films now is different much like in the first film they're constantly smoking now it's 1983 right, yeah. and that's cool <laughs> but in the second film the smoking was not there and right now we we look at films where if someone smokes, they're the bad guy. I think it's like um, I was listening to a rewatch of kind of funny. They were talking about Ghostbusters. They were saying that I think Oprah had them all on when they're promoting Ghostbusters 2. And they were talking about the smoking. They're like, well, now we've matured a bit more. We all have kids. We don't want our kids to be smoking. So they tone that down because uh, like okay. it's just always amazing. Like when I rewatch it, like not only do they smoke a lot. But Ray at one point is working on the car with a cigarette in his yeah. house. And I'm like, that's, that's I mean, a the only one perfect scene is where Ray is like when he sees the ghost and he, the cigarette's kind of hanging off of his lip, hanging downwards. And he like, it, it was a good emotion, like, uh, you know, look. But it's it's interesting how in, what, six years from bet between the two films that the morals have changed about cigarette smoking in films and that was toned down or removed. Yeah, but about the Dana Bear thing, I don't think she was ever like made to be like, except for when she's possessed, mm -hmm. uh, made to be like a sex doll. But she's like the love interest, and in right. that Peter I finds agree. her attractive. Mm -hmm. But um, she comes off as really mature. I mean, she's mm -hmm. working in an orchestra, yeah. uh, you know. So clearly, she's intelligent, and they don't. Mm -hmm. She's not wearing anything that's kind of outlandish or like overly yeah. sexy. Right. The sexy mm -hmm. part is just when yeah. she's possessed. It's, it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. when she's possessed. Yeah. Exactly. Can I ask a science question? Yes. For Adina. Science this, for the science fiction. Yes. Okay. Well, not even the, like, I, I want to get to the proton backs and all the mm -hmm. science later. But the thing I have a problem with is I know Egon's not making stuff up when he says something, it's the truth. But he makes it very clear that they should not buy the building because it will be inadequate for their power needs. It's like a demilitarized zone. He's talking about all these problems. And I'm like, yet they buy it and they don't seem to have any power issues. Is there any workaround from that? Um. Well, again, one, just simple like plot hole. And two, in the okay, background, we could imagine that because what happens when you buy a building in real life, you might have to do power upgrades or, you know, you might have to do mm -hmm. stuff. Um, when I, I used to have a retail store and I had to do power upgrades because my, my retail store is a paint your own pottery studio mm -hmm. and I had to run two large kilns. So from the white shell, the white box that they gave me, I the first day that I took possession, I had an electrician come in and upgrade the power to what I needed. So I can believe that that just happened off screen. Okay. Well, I'll buy it. Yeah. It seemed like they didn't have the budget to be like spending well, all that money. Well, well, yeah, yeah, that's short. Well, but they have the mortgages, is, three mortgages. No one's yeah, going to lose yeah. the house. 
But this is true. When I when I worked my own company, ABI, when we moved in our new location, we had to upgrade to a great, much more powerful amount of electricity coming in for all the equipment we were going to use. And the city gave us the worst time. You have to do this. You have to prove this. The equipment is in UL. You have to do this. You have to dig a trench. We have to put a bar. It was amazing. You know, so, you know, to get it done like that, let's cut to the chase we'll just cut to the chase is what okay. they kind of do Fair I mean, enough. you, you I'll, had I'll to them. have you had to have dan Aykroyd slide down the wall going this is you great try... can we stay here tonight yeah. that we can sleep over like a big you gotta try dog, this you know? pull yes. <laughs> is that but, the okay. only science question no no i have more science i can ask how proton packs work is that yeah like what are they what are they shooting how do they work no freaking idea this is fantasy with that much electricity yeah. coming out of there so they should be like blown backwards fantasy than track this is way like more they... fantasy than yes this really? is fantasy and, not and the fact that you time travel them they could build them at least don't act like this is like an outrageous question well, it it's not outrageous. It's not an outrageous question. No, it's not. But it 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 there's no <laughs> at least in a lot of not every piece of Trek technology and not every right. piece of science tech technology has a real world tie in or explanation. Mm, but okay, especially right. in Trek, a good chunk of it does. In this, no, there that proton pack thing. I I don't think there's you know shooting out a really Yankee janky beam that yeah, doesn't really run them that yeah mm-hmm. that like what you know but it looks it's it so looks cool. yes and it's unique like and you that's don't cross that, the I think I think some of the until you have to you know <laughs> um I just I just think that some of the some of the good things about this film are the things um that are memorable is that they have very memorable things mm-hmm. it, the, yes ghostbusters costumes or, or their uniforms or whatever the backpacks mm-hmm. the electric whatever they call them yeah, the, you yeah. know the um and and uh the car which is as much of the story as we would say the enterprise is mm-hmm. to star trek you know it's yeah, um, a little i don't know i think that's going a little far I'm trying it's, to be positive here. I only have a few things to say, Adina, and you're, you're. I know. I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. It all sucks. Maybe you're right. You're right. I hate this. It's not. It's not a good comparison. That's exactly it. It's on its own. If you just consider Ghostbusters in its own bubble, it's kind of fun and appreciative. But now, if you're going to start to compare it to something a little bit more science fiction in that science fiction scale, then the the comparison is not fair. I guess right. the, okay. the Enterprise right. is I feel like I'm not if I keep arguing this, I'm going to like get the shot down in the comments. The proton is the flux capacitor of this movie. That's okay. a great description. Okay, okay let's go What about go they have tricorders, basically, and that all ectoplasmic entities have the same whatever rate? I'm like, that's kind of like them saying everybody has the same quantum signature if you're in, the, if you're in this universe. Maybe not, but... Mm-hmm. I but, feel like I should just stop. Okay, I apologize, everybody. No, well, I guess yeah, I no. have a question. I have a really legitimate <laughs> question. You guys are much more versed on these films, okay, uh, in in than I am. But was have you read or watched anything from any of the actors, the producers, directors, whatever? And and I'm thinking more from the point of view of like Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, you know. 
not um, about this film now. When I, when they when they were making the original, did they have any inclination that I, I, they probably did not expect it to be a mega blockbuster hit? Because they you hope for that, but you don't you don't really you know your fingers are yeah. crossed you know right. But I wonder if there was any point where they said. You know, this, this is fantastic. This is hilarious. There's people, this is totally different than anything out there. This has a shot to be really great and a lot of fun. And a lot of people are going to want to see this movie or are they going, boy, this could be a total disaster guys. This may be, this may be our last film we ever make if it doesn't go well. You know, have you guys read anything about that or mm. read any interviews or anything? I no. don't remember reading that. They thought it, they were worried it was going to be a failure. I think they were all mm. surprised. I know Dan Aykroyd. I believe I, I have to see what he's where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. But I know for a long time he'd go on talk shows and basically be like, "Yeah, I believe in ghosts," and he was very much of like more okay. like Ray's character in that. Oh, it's plausible based mm-hmm. on w- whatever. But I don't know if they ever felt like the movie was going to be a failure, okay. or they were worried about it. You'd have to go even go back to saying the same thing when you asked all the actors when they made Star Wars, the first film. After it was right. all done, they went, is this thing going to be a flop or is it just going to be something that's going to become as big as it ended up being? I don't think they perceived it, but they were lucky that it did work out and it was received very well. And it did go on to create a an empire. But that never happened with this. This made a couple of films that followed it. And that's about it. Well, I feel like they also have the TV show. There was actually, for Nintendo Wii and PlayStation 3, about 10 years ago, they came out with the Ghostbusters, the video game, which was written hmm. by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, and it basically functioned as a Ghostbusters 3. Oh, interesting. Where you play like a new recruit, and oh, okay. they're dealing with the fallout of, of 1 and 2, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. But it's not the... The same level of Star Wars, of course. Yeah, and I think today we're all like used to calling things, you know, blockbusters, and you know, what's the next blockbuster going to be, and mm-hmm. is this one going to be a block? You know, like that's part of the how we talk about movies. And there's, I think, expectations for studios to release blockbusters every year. But I think if you go back to the early '80s, the concept of blockbuster was still fairly new. Interesting. So. Yeah. There had only been a couple, like Star Wars was one of them. I think this one might have been considered, but, you know, and there's only a few. Indiana Jones. Right. uh, You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, even Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, was one of the biggest moneymakers of the year. Right. If not mm -hmm. the, so. So Mm -hmm. my guess would be, no, they weren't talking in those terms. Just, you know, is this going to be a good movie? Are we going to make some money? Whatever. I, I don't think that was the discussion that today I do believe they have those people or at least maybe studio execs. Someone has mm-hmm. a discussion. Do we think this will be a blockbuster? Mm-hmm. I don't think they they necessarily did backpack. Mm-hmm. Not the way we do today. And we right. can't forget the impact this film had on toys. Yeah. yeah. There were toys. Like, I think I think there are, I remember seeing toys all over the shelves mm-hmm. for years as a kid oh. around Ghostbusters. So I think in so it would have been Star Wars really launched that out, right? And yes, and Ghostbusters mm-hmm. would have capitalized on mm-hmm. that market then. But I remember the toys just being everywhere. I remember all my mm-hmm. friends oh, yeah, having no. the toys. I just, you, you know, it just was gaga over that. And they had some marketable stuff, mm-hmm. you know, they really did. Yeah. No, my daughters had a 
uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. They mm-hmm. had a Slimer. They were, you know, plastic toys, and they play with them, and they had fun with them. And you could buy a model of, uh, or you could buy a kit or whatever of Echo One. So it did have its, it did have its marketing. It did have, you know, they they recognize it after the fact that okay, let's let's start selling these things. I don't know how long after the film was released that all the merchandise started to come out. I don't recall that at all. So and they're still making new stuff. Like they're still new toy lines and i know hasbro came up with like a a proton pack recently which was based off of the afterlife proton pack so they're mm-hmm. still doing well and you still uh, see you still see the cosplayers i, the cosplayers. I mean i went to, i went to a galaxy con in columbus mm-hmm. ohio uh last year now i guess mm-hmm. whoa holy cow and uh there was fantastic cosplayers wearing ghostbuster gear mm-hmm. fantastic so it's still impacting that realm you know, there's a plenty of cosplayers d- doing it in Halloween costumes. I mean, kids mm-hmm. wearing it, you know, mm-hmm. so and and I actually kind of feel like as I think about it in the last few years, and maybe it's because of the two newer movies, there's a whole new generation of people uh, seeing the original Ghostbusters probably for the first time. And I believe there's mm-hmm. another Ghostbusters movie coming out as well. Well, I should I look remember that reading something about that. Okay. One to follow so, up after Afterlife. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. So going back to the film, what were mm-hmm. some of your favorite lines? I know because off air, Steve and I were going back and forth with uh, <laughs> a lot of Lewis Tully dialogue. Well, I can tell you that um, one of my coworkers at Children's Hospital, her favorite line is, Mother Puss Bucket. Yeah. When she's frustrated. And... I don't know. It just there, there, or or the line was when someone asked if you're a god, god you, you say, say yes. <laughs> Those are yeah. the gems that came out of the film. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it it really is. It's it's that's that's what I guess what makes a good film or makes a memorable film is that we recite dialogue from it and it becomes part of our lexicon of talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one of my friends in in university, and I don't know how many people like in our on our floor heard us, but one of my buddies would always come into my room, and then whenever he'd leave, he'd walk down the hall, and he'd be like, "I'm gonna take a shower." So we just started doing this back and forth. Where anytime one of us left, we'd walk down and be like, "All right, I'm gonna take a shower," just because we loved quoting that. And I don't know if anyone else got the reference on our floor, but just like yeah, little mm-hmm. little bits of dialogue like that, I just thought were perfect and. I won't use the swear word, but one thing I love, and it just, Dina can jump in here because of the New York factor, but it seems like I could buy this happening in New York Mm -hmm. where Lewis Tully, possessed, starts talking to this guy's horse. So he's like a, I don't know what you call them. Um, uh, What's the term? Oh, oh, hold on. Uh, Just police like no 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 it's just like a carriage handsome carriage right handsome carriage yes yes and so he's talking to the he's talking to the horse and then the guy's like hey you gotta talk to me i make the deals and then he growls at him eyes glow red you think anyone in the right mind would be terrified but he's just like what an a-hole and i'm like that's perfect what a great Response. But that's that's yeah. a New Yorker way of doing it. It feels things. like in it, my head, it, it, it feels well, it, like in New it York. Is, it is. So yeah, New, New Yorkers get a weird rap because they, they, you know, people think that they're mean and they're really not mean. They're just direct. 
They're always in a hurry. Okay. So it comes off that way. But yes, I think people in New York are sensitized or desensitized to weirdness. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things can happen and people won't blink at it or think it's like unusual. So yeah, no, it definitely, I mean, yes, it felt like, you know, and, and again, I grew up on Long Island outside the city. And so watching a movie that was taking place in the city felt, yeah, this, this, nothing felt un New York about it, I guess. Well, yeah, I can even... say this. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, Chris, one of the, I think Garrison Keeler best qualified about the New York attitude when he said one time on his broadcast, why are New Yorkers so angry? And the reply was, because the light at the end of the tunnel is New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good that's one. Garrison like, Keeler is an American treasure. He really is. Wanna... But yes. th- that was other, another thing, you know, that made the second movie, you know, when I rewatched it, a little hard to watch because, you know, the city has changed a lot mm-hmm. since the 1980s. And it's partly because, again, people don't smoke the way they used to. They, you know, all these things, you know, things. Mm-hmm. And but really, the city was a very different place in like the 70s and 80s than it is today. Um, it's a lot. In some ways, not you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nicer, yeah. and I feel like watching that movie kind of like bringing back like the the 1980s New York. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, leaving the 1980s New York in the past because mm-hmm. today New York City today is awesome. Yeah, because the two things about that, like one, uh-huh. Dill thought it was hysterical, and it always kind of makes me laugh. But how hysterical, or thought it was hysterical, how quickly the conversation between the police officer and Walter Peck escalates when Walter Peck's <sighs> like. Don't worry. If he you does do that again, your you job, can, I'll do mine. Do my, you don't neck. tell me how to do yeah, my pencil <laughs> neck. And she loved how quickly that escalated. And then there's the the one of my favorite lines from Ghostbusters 2, where it's like, it's every New Yorker's God-given right to treat each other like dirt. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that. I, that yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't really like that line. Yeah, no. Because that's not because people don't aren't really like that. But were they were they was that accurate to the time, or is that just because they're, I, I don't know if they're really from it's New York. Probably, or it's, how I think a stereotype. Just, too. It's a stereotype. Yeah. They're making fun, but for some reason that struck me. And again, I mm. get that it's supposed to be a comedy, and they're making fun. But for some reason, that one I didn't find funny. And maybe because I think other people are thinking it's real and not funny, and that's why I'm like, uh, that's why mm. I didn't like that one. Well, I sent you all a trailer for a film that came out in the 1960s that I've always loved which was called What's So Bad About Feeling Good, whereas a virus in, uh, infects the population of New York and they become nice. And they're like, this is an epidemic. We can't let this happen. Every New Yorker has a God-given right to be angry and they have to defeat the the virus because you can't have nice New Yorkers. And that was the portrayal that everyone always had about New Yorkers. But you're right, Adina, it's different now. If you go to New York now- well- it's but, yeah, it's different. But it was always, you know, again, it's it's a little bit more. There is one like meme cartoon I saw a couple of years ago that to me uh, was was perfect. It was kind of like the difference between New York and like California, or it meant specifically New York City um, and like L.A. or so, you know somewhere. And it was, um, I'm trying to get the essence of it. It was like the person from California, they had an issue with whatever interaction. But they kept it in their head and they had a nice smile on their face mm-hmm. where the New Yorker was whatever was in their head was coming was coming out. Mm-hmm. And to me, in my experiences, having you know been a like I said, Long Island, but associated with the city and all my family and friends are up there and and interacting with a lot of folks from California, present company accepted. Um, 
that felt very true to me. Well, is, there, mm. there is a line in the film where Bill Murray says to the evil overlord, you could be living the great life in the beautiful, beautiful San, San Fernando, Fernando Valley. Valley. Uh, yeah, going, yeah. When I saw that movie and I went, they're talking <laughs> about our place where we but live. So are they are they from California, like most of like Bill Murray and the gang? Because I just wonder, I like, think so. how much if some of them are from New York? So I feel like if you're from New York and you're making that I joke, think it's they're like, from Chicago, I believe. Oh, that's, you might be. Yes, I believe because okay. they were with Dan Second Aykroyd City. Is. He's yeah. from Chicago. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know about. Yeah, Bill Murray. I'm looking up on on uh, on Wikipedia. It looks like Bill Murray was too. That that would explain. But the thing is, I would think, and so they were probably again trying to playfully make fun of new yorkers and build on the stereotypes mm-hmm. because you know again they sound live and all these things but like i said that one at least today mm. fell a little flat a little for hey me, have you been to yeah. chicago mm-hmm. they can be a little ornery as well there too that's what i hear but no yeah. i've never yeah. been not Any as bad other? as yeah we have better i just pizza. realized my mic has been muted for quite some time and I've been oh. laughing and talking. I don't think you guys could hear me. So. We did not. No, we were talking. Catch, so catch us up. What? <laughs> I'm very sad. I did it again. I do that every now and then. So any uh, other favorite <laughs> lines? Because I know oh we were talking we were going back and forth a little bit. Well, How about you, Brian? Streams. Anyone stand up? No. Okay. <laughs> no? <laughs> Nothing? Not even? Nope. What about mm-hmm. the silly? All I, gee, all I got is the acetylsalicylic acid <laughs> from the name brand. Uh, or I think that's how he says it. <laughs> See, he's laughing. See, he's laughing because it's, the movie's funny. I thought the movie was funny, yes. but I wasn't watching it. Uh, I just, I, it has to like for me to remember quotes of a film. It has to be like really like you guys have sat on these films for a while and mm-hmm. they, they're true. part of nostalgia. Yeah. You know, there's some nostalgia for you. For me, I'm watching it going, I can't, can't wait till this is over. Actually, now, I have to tell you a cute little story that is about when my daughter Stephanie first saw Ghostbusters. Now she was less than 10 and it's the scene where Ray is lying in his cot. Oh, and yep. the ghost appears overhead, and you see his pants unbuttoned and the zipper come down, and he makes that face. And my daughter says, What's she doing to him, Daddy? <laughs> and I Jeez. said, Uh, she's tickling him. Oh, okay. Good. That's a good yeah. answer. Because I, I was good even cover. saying to Dill, I'm like, we gotta come up with a plan when we inevitably we're gonna watch this when we have kids. Or we're yeah. gonna have and somebody's gonna ask. Ooh. What's he do? What's she what's, doing? What's, what's to him? Show him the made-for-TV version. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and, and this is why I don't. Because again, when I was a kid, I watched these. My younger, I have a younger brother. He uh-huh. watched these, and you just a lot of these things you just kind of bypass, and you didn't really like. Oh, when you get older, you're like, ah, I can't believe I missed no, that. And, I, and it's no, almost kind of that. fun to uh-huh. basically be like to like grow up and get in on the joke. Yeah, so, I think though. I think though to push back on that a little bit, I think we're living in a different generation. I think oh, no, for new a lot movies. more. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I think kids know a lot more because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Maybe we knew as kids, and yeah. and they know more than we know they know, uh, probably. So, mm-hmm. but okay. I've always let Neither my kids there just. Well, I've always let my kids watch a movie like if I had seen it at their age, mm-hmm. right? You know, so, so new right. movies I don't necessarily do, but old right. movies right. like mm-hmm. if I had watched it at their age, I let them. I just let them yeah. you know, yeah. watch it, mm-hmm. and I don't worry yeah. about it. And yeah. I don't worry about it. There are things like that in it. I just, right. They, if they ask, I'll make up something. Right. And some, <laughs> sometimes it's a good learning 
moment and sometimes you have to come up with something yeah. and sometimes if you make too big a deal about it yeah that's right, so I, right well, I just ignore it unless they mention something the biggest you thing go that to frank, bed going i'm an idiot why did yeah. i uh well, and i'll say the biggest thing that frank has ever mentioned on old movies is related to the smoking and oh really he, well because he's grown up knowing that yeah, we don't smoke. No one's mm-hmm. and and no one mm-hmm. in our lives, you know, like smokes. And oh, and, interesting. And he also grew up knowing the person he's named after died of lung cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, which, which is one of the reasons I never smoked because I grew up knowing I didn't get to know my grandfather because he died when I was a baby because yeah. of lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, like, oh my god, why are they smoking? Oh my god, they're smoking. Like, I can't believe they're smoking. <laughs> oh wow, that's yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. now, just... what did Frank think about like the special effects? Because you mentioned that before with some older films. Harder for your son, who's how old? Now thirteen. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Um, to to you know, sometimes that mm-hmm. the oldness of films, mm-hmm. the special effects that are cheesy compared to today's stand, maybe fantastic when it came out, but harder for him. What did he think? What has he thought about he it? He liked it. You know, I think he he got that this was not like a because I think he understood that this was a little bit more on the comedy-ish side. Mm-hmm. And then that lessens the desire yeah, and need for right. strong special effects. So I don't think it bothered him on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Very interesting. To me, the best special effects scene in the whole film was not the stop motion dogs. That was kind of cheesy a little bit. It was the eggs popping and frying. That was done <laughs> yeah. so well. I mean, I don't know how they did it. I so I was trying to figure that but out. But it was, like, was truly they... amazing to have them pop up and then they start frying. And this is back to where you had to do all this manually. This was mm-hmm. yeah, this right. Was like, not so digital. This was live action, and I think uh, that's amazing. I can't think of the special effects art. I don't know if it wasn't Dan Curry, but there's another guy who's heavily involved in special effects in Star Trek, and he was on the Shuttle Pod show and he was talking about how he worked on Ghostbusters. And all the stuff they had to do when trying to create the marshmallow man. And that was just like, I don't, I didn't understand how he did it, but it just like, they, it was sounded painful um, to me. <laughs> but, Stop motion animation has to be one of the most painful. Yeah. You gotta be stinking. You have passionate to have about the outcome. But so and I wanted to like ask about the scariness. Did any, like we talked about it off air, but did any of you find it scary at all or creepy in moments? No. So when I recently rewatched Ghostbusters 2, I did it with my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one scene that came on. I was worried that he was like when there was like the image of like the heads on spikes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's actually pretty. So creepy. for a minute, I so I looked at him to see if I was getting a reaction. I was like, are you, you know, are you OK? Is it scary for you? And he's like, no. But he's he's uh, Raymond is really weird. So one. Ever since he was born, he like loves Halloween motif. Okay. So like, I, I, seriously, the he talks about vampires, not vampires, zombies and skeletons and ghosts, like all the, like all year round. Halloween stuff. We get Halloween stuff all year round. We've been listening to the Ghostbusters theme for like a year. I don't remember where he first heard it, but we've been he asks for it all the time in the when we're driving and listening to music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he didn't find it scary at, at all. Um, that, that was the one part I was, I was kind of worried about. I was kind of also worried about, um, the, the major bag. No, he, he was fine. Oh. Is it, is Eagle. it because you've inspired, you know, given him the, that the reality that zombies don't exist, monsters don't exist, ghosts don't exist, that he Maybe. understands that 
you know, like when when my daughter was young, when we watched Godzilla, or we would joke, I would say, hey, look, see, you can see the zipper in the back of the suit, you know, just to take the edge <laughs> off of it. So it's not scary. So is it because you've given him reality to know what is reality versus what is fantasy that he's not afraid of them? I I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, re- I really I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's hard to know what goes through their little well, like brains. And again, I don't know why he's so fascinated with the motif year round. Well, like either I, that it's, I find that like, just, I mean, it's cool. I, yeah. We don't uh-huh. discourage it, but I'm also like, he didn't get it for, I mean, I like Halloween stuff, yeah. but I well, also am not talking about Halloween in April unless he's the one who brings it up. Okay. Well, <laughs> I remember someone My on kids NPR. talk about Christmas all year long. Oh, that's, Dad, I well, think that's for better. Christmas, I'm going to yeah. ask, uh, you but know, I, I think one guy once explained on NPR about why children like dinosaurs. And he said, because they're big, they're frightening, and they're dead. And they know they don't exist. So you can still like them, but not fear them because you know they don't exist. Mm -hmm. See, this is where I'm surprised because I don't like, I know it's not like a. Like, oh, this is not considered to be a terrifying movie because it's Ghostbusters, it's comedy. Mm-hmm. But there are moments where I'm like, this general, this is actually genuinely creepy to me. And as a kid, like the possession stuff freaked me out. And I feel like even today watching it, it's like, yeah, it's like Dylan and I were talking. It's like, yeah, that scene is still creepy when she's possessed and Peter's in the room. But I feel like the only reason it's not scary is because Peter has the animal wild kingdom line and he's making yes. all these comments. But even I feel like he's doing that because he's genuinely scared. And I feel like yeah. that and then the the scene where the arms come out to grab Dana is a little bit creepy. Oh, I out, find. Of the, out of the out of the, the Barca lounger. Yeah. And then and in the second her. one, yeah. Um, well, the scene where Janusz is flying at her as a ghost in ghost form. Oh, yeah. Like from the distance is kind of <clears throat> creepy. So I feel like it's not scary, but they do a good job of making it unsettling, at least for well, me. A boo, you know, a boo joke or a, not a boo joke, but a boo surprise is always going to get you. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to it's going to you're not going to be prepared for it and it happened. And of course, we've seen it so many times it doesn't have the same effect. But if someone's watching it for the first time, yeah, that boop would get them. Probably. Yeah, even like the fur coat from the second one is a little bit like oh, oh, that's I a love little that. Bit. That was funny. I so, thought that was hilarious. Say, like, what about because you mentioned dinosaurs? Did did you not like the 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 police station? Was it the big dinosaur or the little dinosaur? Oh, it was the skeleton? Sorry, what was chasing you in the park? The park bench was chasing you. Oh yeah, Titanic yeah. just arrived. Yeah, better <laughs> late than never. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I it just. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're like most. I think you're like the like most people. Like I think, just like if you look even at Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's like a fifty five percent or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the I second think the movie conf- or the first one, the second one. Okay. Yeah. Like I think the first one is like I think Time Magazine or someone put it in like the top forty of a hundred greatest mm. comedies, but then the second one just tanked. Okay. And people well, were kind of like, ah, oh, that was disappointing. Maybe I mean, because uh, go ahead, Dina. I was gonna say, I mean, like the the plot part was also a little more convoluted than the first one too, and it was a little, I don't know, it was a little con- con- you know convoluted and complex, more complicated than the first one. I felt like the first one was a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had to create a a really bad guy because you had one in the first one 
which is the minx, you know. But really, this one, they had to create something that could possess someone. I am Zool. Yeah, you know. And that that my, great boy. This is, this is, I don't know if my wife has ever seen this film or not, but my wife has a hilarious thing she does in watching films of this nature that are far out there, you know. Um, and it could be anything, but we were watching a movie called Monster Trucks recently, okay, which you guys should see on Netflix before it goes off. It's, I want to say 2016, Rob Lowe, uh, Danny Glover. It's a family oh. film. It totally bombed, but it's got a cult following now. A lot of people are saying it's actually pretty charming, and a lot of people are watching it saying this is an enjoyable. Look it up. It's great. Your kids will love it. Um, but the whole premise is they're digging for oil and they find these monsters down deep in the earth and they want to destroy them all or poison them. And then, so these teenagers rally to save these monsters and they actually crawl up inside monster trucks that are raised and they power the monster trucks and there's all this driving around. It's totally absurd and crazy. Mm. Totally okay. charming and and kind of cute movie. Would, would this but be a proof, a, a, appropriate for a five year old? Yes, I think so. Okay, because my uh, grandson and, loves monster trucks. Yeah, and and so, anyways, uh, we're towards the end of the movie, and these monsters are powering these monster trucks. They're getting chased by these bad guys, Rob Lowe's organization, and then something happens, and my wife goes, "Oh, come on, that's ridiculous." And I could not, she does this with a lot of movies. I'm like, wait a minute. You just sat through their monsters. Ridiculous on top of like, ridiculous. Like and now it's ridiculous. The whole thing is crazy. And now all of a sudden this one thing happens and you go, oh, really? Well, like that's what makes you cross the line of where you can't believe it anymore. And so I think like a film like Ghostbusters, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to be positive about mm -hmm. Ghostbusters is I think that there's a level of just fun fun in it that makes people suspend their disbelief as sure. they're watching a film like this to enjoy it and appreciate it so yeah it's funny because i can suspend my disbelief like for the ghost stuff and that's like because it's fantastical it's ghosts but when they start dealing with the epa i'm like how are they like i know they mentioned getting sued in the second one but like how is the the Sedg what's the hotel called why am i not thinking it's sedgwick hotel that they go to in the first one where they have their first their their first job. Oh right. I like how yeah. are they not like I are know you, you going got rid of the I'm ghost, but you this. basically <laughs> destroyed our place and now we've lost all this business because this lady who was trying to hold a reception there we couldn't do that. Like I that's where I find it's difficult sometimes with that aspect is how are they not in more trouble? Like you know, <laughs> well, like even to they're destroying the everything. and they become famous after that. <laughs> yeah. After that happens, you have the whole sequence of them becoming the yeah, toast of the town on TV the shows, montage, commercials, yeah. everything. Yeah. You know? So I, I think the, the problem there is, and again, this might be why, you know, your wife is like, oh my gosh, that was ridiculous, you know, two hours in or whatever, is just sometimes a movie will break its own self-consistency. And that's that's the problem is mm. they have to you have to stay self-consistent with whatever you set up and you can stray from that. And that's why I think people then like lose it oh, or that's break a out. Good insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, also, I just want to make a quick comment possession the idea of possession ghostly demon possession is one of the most frightening things yeah oh, definitely you can do or talk about or 
portray really? on film. I think so. I think it's. You ever see Saw? But I'm not no. watching Saw. Well, oh, no, 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 no. I do not like torture films, and no. I have that, seen I, like five minutes of that movie, and no. I, I saw I, the honest trailer, the and I'm like, I can't even watch this. I think in real life, you know, because the reason why I don't find any of the possession stuff scary, because is in real life. I don't actually believe that anything mm. like that is possibly even remotely possible where a movie like saw, I feel like those things are technically possible, which is why <laughs> oh, movies man. like saw. I, I watched the first one. I've not watched the second one no. and I can't watch those movies because no. or anything like that, because to me that's too freaky. Cause that's realistic Torture is possible yes. to inflict on someone. Yes. That's very possible. So possession. It could be like, a, you know, again, poltergeist and the exorcist. None of those movies really freak me out because I don't, hmm. To me, they're more again fantasy. I feel you know? like I, mm-hmm. I I perceive them as complete fantasy. And I got a story yeah, no. for you when we're okay. done recording. Well, it's another time, but yeah. it's a long well, story. I'm, I'm going to just say <laughs> that when The Exorcist came out, people were terrified, frightened, horrified, mm-hmm. and the I I knew someone who was working for the production company, and his job was to plant lies about things that happened in the theater where oh yeah when, when she vomits up the green slime <laughs> everybody in the theater just started to vomit oh and it never happened but they were doing these things to promote it um with and ghostbusters or no 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 yeah, for the exorcist okay the exorcist okay. um you know and true funny story i was working at 31 flavors and this car pulls up <laughs> And a little girl comes out and she walks into the store and she orders some ice cream. And I said, excuse me, but were you in the Exodus? She said, yep, that was me. And she walks out of the, uh, the restaurant. I went, wow, she wasn't <laughs> affected by the film. I'm not saying that. So you know, mentally. everybody from <laughs> you have a restaurant story for every actor in Hollywood, I bet. When did Paul Rudd go to your uh, <laughs> no, 31 no, I will tell you, I will tell you that William Winden, Commander Decker. Came to oh. my thirty-one flavors one time, and it was really cool to see him. Did he? Did he ask if he? Uh, I just want him no, to be like, no, no I want but, this. But he, he actually was. He was. He was so messed up. He flavor. was dressed up, so he looked like Commander Decker during the bad moments. So anyway, but yes, that was. That's how you know you the movie know was supposed to terrify well the the concept of possession, but. Even the girl who played the role wasn't affected by it, which is kind of funny. Because it was a movie. It was a fantasy exactly. Movie. Oh, so I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really slow. I thought you meant you went to the movie theater, saw the movie, started your shift, and then <laughs> someone from the theater came in. And like, no, 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 no. came in my 31 flavors that I worked at. That's where I went with the story. <laughs> hey, hey, one time one guy came in and said, I want to order a pistachio almond fudge shake, which is green ice cream with chocolate in it. And he swirled it all up. And I said, here's your Reagan juice malt. And he went, I'm out of here. And he walked out the door <laughs> because the movie was so big at that time. But anyway, oh, what am I going? Oh. We're on a super I don't transit. Know. I love this super tangent. By like the way, crazy. you can tell uh, 31 flavor stories anytime you want to on this podcast, Steve. I will never complain. I, I have too many of them. I have too many of them. It I also want it noted that you have mentioned uh, something related to national public radio at least twice on this particular episode. So I do. I always used to listen to it every day when I came home from work. Dun 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 bum bum yep. bum. Yep. Okay, Chris has lost that. all control of this podcast. <laughs> we Maybe we need to <laughs> wrap it up, or are we still fault. got more fault, to talk though. about? Do we? Yeah. Do we have any like final thoughts with the film that I think that Brian loves? We're going to now add this I'm, to the I, you know Brian's what? I favorite am, film. I will start since you've mentioned my name, Chris. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, I get why people like this film. 
I, I totally do. This is not my cup of tea. Um, but I will allow you guys the pleasure of enjoying it however many times you're going to mm-hmm. watch it in the future. I am done at number one, though. And I to don't. quote Peter Venkman, I will, mister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I pass the torch comment along. Okay. Pass the comment torch to someone else. I, I will say this. It is become part of movie lore. It's something that people go back to. It's something that people are going to show their children and their grandchildren and so on because it is it is a unique film. And uh, that's where it's got its legs. And, and I'd say something very similar to anyone who's not seen the original Ghostbusters movie. If you're interested in just pop culture history and movie lore and, and all that, this is definitely a film worth watching. Again, I don't think it holds up super well because of the smoking, because New York is a little bit different these days. You know, I, I think there's a lot of things it doesn't hold up, but I think it's worth watching for like that historical education on film and pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and again, it's fun. It's funny. But you can stop at the first movie. Okay. I I understand. I would say... <laughs> Whether you like, I think Adina's right that whether you think it holds up or doesn't hold up, I think if you're a student of film and you want to learn more about film, then you have to watch it because it's iconic. Mm-hmm. It's great for comedy, but um, but I could see it not holding up. I still personally think it does, mm-hmm. but of course I've seen it a million times. But just by watching Dill watching that movie, like getting her opinion on someone who's very critical, it's like it's good to see that she felt like it did. Mm-hmm. And I will defend Ghostbusters too till the day that I die. I know it's not the best film. I know it's not a popular opinion, but I love, I love that, and I yeah. watch it all the time. I, what? I will. Also, I'm sorry, Brian. Brian that's go ahead. your prerogative, Chris. But I will not be joining that picket line with you, and, friend. That's fine. And it's <laughs> that's okay. not just a student being a, a a student of film, but a student of pop culture. Yes, yes. I think Fair that's yes. that's yeah. that's what mm-hmm. you said. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I apologize, but I will also be there with you, Chris, defending. Ghostbusters too, because I you. still love we it. We can maybe Solidarity get one more person. Right here. We're we're in so, we're 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 together on that one. Yeah. Steve, right. Chris, and Dill. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be there. Right. She actually loved the second one, so I'm like, cool. this is amazing. Cool. This is like the Good third person her. in the world you guys who are made actually for likes each other. it. You yeah. Are. Right. She'll watch Star Trek when you're not around. I mean, she puts on Star Trek at night, like like. She starts with end of season five of DS9, and we usually, if it's like a weekend, we'll get to uh, Jedzia's death, which is horrible. But we'll usually end up around there. We're like, okay, now we can turn it off. But And folks, we've (laughs) been able to slip in a Star Trek reference in tonight's episode. Thank you very much. Of course we did. Every time. We always do. All right. But thank you, everyone, for a very fun discussion. It's always fun. Like, obviously, it's great when we all agree. We're all like, we all love this thing. But I think it's especially interesting when we don't all see eye to eye and there's someone on our group who doesn't like a film that, you know, some of us love and it makes it more interesting. But uh, thank you for that. Thank you for listening. And of course, I have to shout out Trek Geeks, which we are now a part of, which is pretty cool. And we're not the only show on Trek Geeks. There's another show called Sci-Fi Sisters is one which you should check out. And there's a ton of other shows. Um, So, yeah, listen to all of them. And if you want to interact with us, check us out on Facebook, send in your comments. Maybe you're outraged by what I said today, or you have some opinions of your own that you know aren't popular. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. 